stand with me? I'm just going to open us up in prayer, and uh, we're going to enter into worship. So, Father, I just thank you, God, for bringing everyone out that you did tonight. And, God, we know that we don't need to welcome you in this place because you're already here. But we just say, God, come even more. Open our hearts, Father, and just do what only you can do tonight, God. We love you, Jesus. You are the reason for the season. You are our agenda tonight. So have your way. In Jesus' name we pray.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you give us a reason to sing out hallelujah. Every day you give us a reason to sing out hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you are moving so powerfully in this room that all that we can do is sing hallelujah. Thank you, God. And I just pray that you'd continue to move tonight, God, even more powerfully from here on, God. And that you'd bring revelation to every person in this room, God. Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are here in this room, in this place, in this space. And God, I thank you that you've set the table and you've sent out the invitations to the city. And the ones that came tonight responded. So Father, we say we're hungry. We say we didn't come here to, to hear awesome music or to hear someone speak, but we came to meet and encounter you, Lord. And I thank you, God, that the same power and spirit that lived in Jesus lives in us. The same power and spirit and love that lived in you lives in Shiloh and Cassie. And God, I thank you that as they come, God, that you speak to them and through them. So we bless your name, Father. And we thank you that you do give us a reason to sing. Every day you wake, we wake up, we have a reason to live. Every breath we take, we remember that we have a reason to breathe because of you. So whatever we're going through, God, whatever's happening in this room, I thank you that when we're in uncomfortable situations, God, and we're in hard times, you give us the love to stay the course. So we love you, Jesus, and we honor you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, can you guys give a round of applause for the worship band, please? You guys can have a seat. Well, thank you guys again so much for coming out. I feel like there's been like 20 more people at least that came in the room since I was up here. So uh, again, I'm Ryan Otto. I'm blessed to be the college pastor here with Alive. And uh, we just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for coming out tonight. Um, we, uh, you guys have an amazing treat tonight. Um, two of our awesome senior leaders are going to be sharing tonight. Um, but just I just want to kind of set, set the stage for them. Um, I'll grab uh, one of these guys for you. And uh, we've been going through a series called Why Do We Believe? And, um, you know, the heartbeat of this ministry is really to help people find out what their purpose is in this life. And to awaken college students, to awaken people as we are awakened to our true destiny and purpose in this life. And, you know, as we do that, we need to constantly be reminded, I need to be constantly reminded who I am. Because if I don't know who I am, how can I know what my purpose is? 
And I can't know who I am if I'm not constantly reminded, not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge about who our Father is, where we came from, and why we're alive today for such a time as this. So we're looking, we're going through the Gospel of John this semester. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible, um, my favorite Gospels. And there's so many miracles that take place in the book of John. And we're just going through the scriptures looking at different miracles that Jesus did. And as we look at different miracles Jesus did, it's so amazing that after these miracles, he, it so often says in scriptures that these people came to believe in his name and that he was God because of either what they heard or they saw with their own eyes, what they experienced in their own hearts. So we're going to look at a miracle today. And, and the reason um, I feel like God has my two friends and, and sisters that are going to share this miracle you know, as I was praying and, and planning out the schedule of the, of the semester, I kind of felt like God was kind of saying, you know, this is a story about being people who are willing to help. And are we people that are going to pass by others and just turn the cold shoulder? Are we going to be people who are willing to help? You know, I'm not going to start preaching, but even last night I'm out, out to dinner with my grandma, and I'm waiting in the, in the car, and, and a guy comes up and st- scares the crap out of me, knocks in the window, he's like, and I'm like, whoa, and he's like, hey, can I, get some, can I get some food, you know, and honestly, I was annoyed, it scared me, it was late at night, I'm sitting in my car, and, uh, and honestly, nothing in me wanted me to go get him food, but I, I saw he was wearing a cross, and I just felt like, what if that was me? And I went, and, and I was late to dinner, but I got him some food. And so as I set the table for my sisters to share, I just ask you this question. Will you be people who step, step into that uncomfortable place? And will you be people who are willing to help? And the reason my two sisters and friends are going to share tonight is because I, I believe they are both exactly those people who just do that. So will you welcome with me Shiloh and Cassie? Would you guys just, um, if you're comfortable, I know this could be a little weird, but if you can just extend a hand, and then we're going to pray for them. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you for my sisters, and I thank you, God, time in and time out, they are people who see others. When so often people just pass by others, they aren't one of them. And so, God, I just pray as you speak uh, through them tonight, you speak to them, you let them have fun, you give them peace, and that you have your way. And I thank you, God, that they can't fail because you can't fail. And they've shown up, and we trust you, God. So bless my friends, and thank you so much for the people that they are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so first of all, we're going to start off the night with, um, we just, okay, so we felt kind of bad because neither of our messages have any sports analogies in them. And so what we did, we went out and we bought these shirts that say sports. So we, we wanted Rye to feel really comfortable. It was just for you. It's really and anybody else who really likes those analogies. <laughs> we, I, I, like, my nervous habit is to do this. And so I was like, oh, people can't see it. People can't see it. We have hidden this for quite some time. It's quite the surprise. We did it two days ago. <laughs> OK, OK, whatever. It felt like a long time. Um, my name is Cassie. I'm a senior studying psychology. Um, I'm a student leader with Alive. Um, yeah, I'm Shiloh. I'm also a senior here. I am studying painting, um, a leader here with Alive, and I, I'm Ryan's intern. So if you Woo! ever, <laughs> yeah. <Yay! laughs> Woo! 
Um, if you ever want to get involved more, want to get connected, have any questions about anything that's going on here, you'll probably see my name up in the announcement a lot. And this is my face, so you can come and find me, and also, I'll, yeah, I'll get you connected, I'll help you out. Cool. All right, well, I'm going to start the night, and then she's going to come on up later, and then we'll both come up at the end. <clears throat> but if you forgot in the last minute, my name is Cassie. I'm a senior studying psychology here at the university um, with a focus in counseling, um, which is what I'm really passion passionate about. Um, before I go to grad school, though, I do plan to go do some mission work over in Mozambique, Africa, so I'm really excited about that. And if you want to know more about me, I will tell you later because I have a lot to say and like not a lot of time to do it. So I'm just going to hit you with my main point right away and you're not going to be ready for it. But it is. When we love like Christ loves, we're able to understand him more, which in turn strengthens our reasons for believing in him. So I'm going to say that again because I know you weren't ready for it. <laughs> when we love like Christ loves, we are able to understand him more, which in turn strengthens our reasons for believing in him. So will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, I just invite you here now. I ask that you speak to me first and then speak through me. And I ask the same for Shiloa. And let's do this thing. All right, cool. <laughs> so last week, Serena talked about um, how we can gain freedom from our shame. And what Shiloh and I are going to go into is what we can do with that freedom. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out her podcast because it was super awesome and she did a great job. Nailed it. Um, but like Ryan said, we're in the book of John, um, chapter 5 to be exact. And for my portion of the night, we're going to look at verses 1 through 9. So let's go. Um, and then, yeah, it's back there. After this, there was a feast, in, feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, in Aramaic called Bethesda, where there were five colonnades. Okay, so these like colonnade things are like pillars, okay? And so there's, um, okay, oh, there's my football reference. At the stadium, like the, the, <laughs> the column things that are there, those. So there's five of those around a pool. That's, that is the setting for our story. All right. So in here... <laughs> In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. And so what's interesting about this pool, this Bethesda, I think that's how you say it, um, is that, okay, so it was like commonly believed that an angel of the Lord would come down, stir up this pool, and the first person to put their foot in the pool was healed of any ailment that they had. And so that's the reason that all these invalids were around, because they were like, I got to get myself in that pool. Um, and our guy is paralyzed, so he doesn't have that chance on his own. So Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once, the man was healed. At once. And he took up his bed, and he walked. So, a couple things to know. This dude, after 38 years, just stands up and walks away. And I was like, I read that the first time, and I was like, he, would he know how to walk? Like, <laughs> 38 years? I was like, that's nuts. 
But then again, it's Jesus, so like not doubting it. But Shiloh was gonna go more into that. But that like initially, that was my thought. I was like, no, I would like be like, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> for, for my purposes um, and my talk, I want to focus on who Jesus picked to heal rather than on the healing. So this ma man has been an outcast for 38 years, and if we think about the um, like lifespan of a person, 38 years back then was a lot of people's like whole lives. So like, and we don't know if it was like like how what age he became in the deliverance. Like it could have been like half his life. We don't know. Anyway, um, so he spent all of that time being an outcast. He was someone that nobody wanted to interact with, and he said himself, he's like, I don't have anybody to help me get into this pool. So if you think about it, he was probably pretty smelly. It's probably pretty dirty. And I was thinking, like, this is not in the Bible or anything, but I was like, he's probably kind of grumpy, too. Like, if you spend 38 years of your life by this pool, and you're like, hey, someone help me get in the pool. And they're like, no, because you smell. And then, <laughs> but then, <laughs> like, like, 38 years of that, though, like, I would be like, what? People stink. But um, so that's where he's at. Like, I'm assuming that's where he's at. I would be mean. I'd be like, I don't like people anymore. Um, but long story short, <laughs> this man made people really uncomfortable. And yet, Jesus thought that it was a prime, he was the prime candidate to love on. And so he does this crazy thing, and he does this miracle, and he heals him, and it's awesome. But it's also Jesus. So like, how, how does that relate to us? Like, what can we do? So in preparing for this um, and reading this text, a particular story came to mind um, in my own life. And this is a story about a man named Russian. And he is up there. He's super sweet and old. Um, <laughs> I, this past summer, I went on, uh, did mission work in Kodiak, Alaska. And he is a village elder of a little island called Uzinki. And so he's just like this very quiet, stoic, polite man that would just, he would come in and he'd just like sit and have coffee and listen to us sing. And then like sometimes maybe have a little smile and then like not anymore. And you're like, I don't, okay. <laughs> I hope I'm not displeasing you. But he was super sweet. Um, <laughs> and he, um, so one day we were sitting in the living room of the mission home and started singing the old rugged cross. It's a super, super classic hymn, my grandpa's favorite. Um, <laughs> and I noticed that Russian, who never talks, not only joined in in the song, but he started crying. I was like, what? Like, this like 70 year old man, he's crying, like what is going on? I don't know how to handle this. Um, and then, so the night ended and he went home and everybody else went home and we went up to the leader and we were like, hey, do you know the story behind why Russian is crying? And she said that when he was really young, the people who were supposed to take care of him did not. Um, they would put him in dresses, they would chain him up outside, and they would leave him there. And, <laughs> sorry. Um, I would imagine this would be a very uncomfortable sight for any of us. I would get very angry. Um, but so like the people in our story, he's a little boy who is chained up and not, that's not in our story, but <laughs> he's probably smelly, he's probably dirty, nobody wants to touch him. 
But one day, a missionary couple comes, and the wife of the couple comes up to him and doesn't think twice about it. She just goes up to him, she grabs him, holds him in his arms, and starts singing the old rugged cross. And so that is <laughs> fantastic. Um, I'm sorry. Um, Okay, so this man is like 70 years old right now, and he still remembers every word to that song. And what's crazy about that is that he's illiterate, and he has no formal education. So for him to remember all of that, like there's like five verses to that song. And so for him to know all of that, just because of the love that that woman showed him, is nuts. God, I love it. So this boy had someone come and love him and change his life. And 60 to 70 years later, I don't know how old he really is, but it still mattered to him. And like just one, literally one act of love mattered so much to a man that he comes when he's 70 years old and he hangs out with a bunch of missionaries because he's like, hey, these people know what's up. They have the love of God inside of them. And so the love that this woman showed is the kind of love that Christ showed to the man in the pool. And it's the same kind of love that I'm telling you today that you all have the capability to show to others. Missionary Heidi Baker, whose thing I'm going to do after school, um, <laughs> says that in faith there is no reason that every single day can't be the best day you have ever had in your life. Because you carry heaven around with you wherever you go. You carry heaven around with you wherever you go. Like, how cool is that? And because you carry it with you, you have the ability to do so much for the kingdom. Sometimes you hear Christians speak of hope for a better future, like, I can't wait for that to happen. And what we really need to remember is that in our Christian hope and in the present day, our, <clears throat> sorry, in the present world, um, our hope comes from a God that hasn't left us behind until this better future, but leaves us with Christ who lives in us and is already building our kingdom here. So in saying that, we are not called to be passive. We are called to be active. So let's go back to our story. Jesus could have walked right past this dude and been like, nah, see you later. Um, but he didn't, and he chose to love him. And in um, in saying this, I want to present a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, people are not projects, and we should not treat them as such. Jesus didn't go up to the man because he felt sorry for him, or like he didn't pull out his phone and he's like, oh, look at me helping this homeless dude. Like, no, <laughs> he didn't do that. He did it just because he loved him, and the only reason was because he loved him. It's not your job to win people over. It's just your job to love them, just as they are and just as Jesus did. Have you ever heard the saying, the more you give, the more you get? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. Well, this is true and can be true in a relationship with Christ. And what you get is more of God. So the more you give, the more you spend time in prayer, the more you try to experience God in this, you want more of this intimate relationship with him, the more you get to experience his love and who he is. And I want you to notice that I didn't say what you give is what you get. 
Because through Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made, there's a gift of eternal life that's offered to us, not because of anything we gave or did. You are not saved by works, but by grace through, <laughs> through, no, I'm sorry, but by grace through faith. And through that faith, you have the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Christ to others. So if we look in the Bible and we think back and we're like, hmm, Old Testament and New Testament, what are the two greatest commandments? They are to love the Lord your God and to love others. It is our calling and our destiny to love. And when we do, we discover more and more of who the Father is and why we believe in him. And it doesn't matter what you do. Like, okay, so we talk about callings and destinies all the time, but like, that's everybody's calling and destiny. It's like it's not like, oh, with my job, I get to love people, or like with what I'm doing over here, I get to love people, but like in my office, I can't really do that, or I can't really do that in the classroom. Like, no, it's your job to love people, and that's literally it. That's good. Like, that's all. So as Shilola, Shilola, Shilola gets ready to come up, I want to leave you with the same old opening statement again because I really want it to sink in. So, when we love like Christ loves, we are able to understand him more, which in turn strengthens our reasons for believing in him. Thanks, Cass. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> All right. So Cassie really talked about what it looked like to show compassion and love for this man at the pool. Um, and now we are going to uh, take the next step and see how Christ empowers us to step outside of our comfort zones and love the people around us. So let's look again at, at the story and how Jesus reacted to this man. What we have here is a man who, for 38 years, watched and waited and hoped and was left wanting for his healing. He had reached the end of himself and had nothing left to hold on to. And Jesus met him in that place. You know, Jesus could have helped in other ways. He could have said, hey, I'm going to wait with you, and the next time the pool is stirred up, I'll like, carry you and bring you over there. Or he could have said, you know, after I, after I heal you, I'm going to physically like, give you a hand up. Um, but instead he said, no, I'm going to empower you and give you healing to do those things for yourself. He says, get up, take up your mat, and walk. He said, because of who I am, you can get up. Because of who I am, you can take up your mat, and you can walk. Jesus responded to the hopeless claim of a desperate man with healing and empowerment. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. Um, he was saying, more than just, this is more than just about me. You know, this is more than just me wanting to do it all by myself. This is more than just me wanting to get the glory for this healing. This is about you and me and our relationship and really us doing this together. Now, Cassie made the point that we're called to be active participants in this life that God has for us. So the real question is here, are you willing? Are you willing to be active? Are you willing to step outside of your comfort zone and boldly love the people around you? Um, because when we do that, when we are willing to step out of our comfort zone, we can impact the lives of people around us. Cassie made the point that the man at the pool made people around him uncomfortable. And because of that uncomfort, he had to wait 38 years before 
being healed, being helped. Um, do you all know what I mean when I say comfort zone? It's like the area around you <laughs> um, that you're really familiar with. Um, the places, the routines, the people. Um, and so, like for example, if I go back to my apartment or if I go to my painting studio, I know the people that will be there, I know where everything is, I know what to expect. I have some element of control over those areas. And the same goes for people that I interact with. If I tell a story to my mom or my best friend Serena who spoke last week, um, I might be telling the same story, but I'll emphasize different things. I'll tell jokes about different things because I know both of them really well and I know what they'll react to. And to, to step out of that realm of safety, that realm of comfort, it takes courage. Now I wanna make a small note here. Um, while those places are safe uh, and taking a step outside of them does take courage, it is also really important to make wise decisions. Um, it would be outside of my comfort zone to yell in, or to run into a busy street and like yell Jesus loves you to everybody. But if you do that, while it does take courage, you'll probably also get run over by a car. Um, you you want to make good decisions. <laughs> just it just happens. <laughs> now for me, I I'm trying to. <laughs> um, now for me personally, my comfort zone is pretty small. There are a lot of things that make me uncomfortable, a lot of simple things that make me uncomfortable. Um, one of these in particular is calling people that I don't know well. Um, also, that includes like getting takeout. Like, I don't like it. I don't know what I'm gonna say. I don't know what you're gonna say. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> um, another one of those is, yeah, like talking to somebody like in person that I don't know well, trying to connect with them. Again, like, I don't know how to phrase questions. I feel awkward. You probably feel awkward too. <laughs> like, it just makes me uncomfortable. Um, and so for someone like me to step outside of my comfort zone might be, you know, connecting with somebody here, um, like inviting them out for coffee, just praying for them, encouraging them. Now for somebody like Cassie, who loves talking to people, is really outgoing, that comes supernaturally for her, um, it, it looks totally different because our comfort zones are unique to each person. Um, so for her, it might be, you know, going to a stranger and, and praying for them or encouraging them. But for anybody, things like encouraging people, empowering people, praying for them, praying for healing. Um, if, you don't, if you've never like prayed for healing before, uh, I would love to teach you. We don't have time now, but you can find me after. Because exactly what Ryan said, the same power who, that raised Christ from the dead uh, lives in us. And that's super cool. Yeah. But we don't have enough time to go into that now, sadly. <laughs> um, and so, so you think, you know, so like if I do this, God will love me, right? No, <laughs> um, Cassie again mentioned this earlier, but we don't do this to gain God's love. We, God already loves us 100% all of the time, and that will never change. And because we are enveloped in his love, we have the authority to go out and love people boldly. So we can go forth in confidence to the places that aren't safe, that aren't comfortable or familiar, and reach people with the hope and the love of Christ. Um, and, and God goes with us, hand in hand, walking us into those places. Um, and that aspect of who the Father is reminds me a little bit of my own dad. Um, he, I think we have a picture of us too. This is on my 18th birthday. Um, we're, I love him a lot. Um, but So we went through some major transitions just as a family, as a whole, between my eighth grade year, graduating eighth grade, and before starting my sophomore year of high school. Um, and in that like 
time right before my sophomore year, my dad made a small but really impactful change in the way that he talked to me. And it looked a little like this. Um, he would be dropping me off at school. I would say, like, hey, Dad, remember, you don't have to pick me up from school today. I'm going to go see a movie with my friends. Like, okay, babe, thanks for reminding me. Do you have money? Yep, I've got it. Hands me a five anyways. Dad, I just said that I have money. <laughs> like, are you sure? Like, yeah, babe, I've got your back. Or I was filling out an application. Um, Dad, they're asking me to describe my relationship with the Holy Spirit, and I need another verse. Do you have any suggestions? My dad's a pastor, so he's a great person to ask for suggestions for verses. <laughs> I did it for this talk. <laughs> um, well, babe, have you tried John 14, 26, uh, talking about Holy Spirit as a comforter, as a helper? Oh, no, no, I haven't, Dad. That's perfect. Thank you. I've got your back, babe. Um, and, and it was said as a joke, too. Like, Dad, I'm so bored right now. Oh, perfect. I was looking for somebody to do the dishes for me. Thanks, Dad. Got your back, babe. Um, and actually trying to find this picture, I ran into another example on Facebook. Um, going to a drive-thru, trying to order some fries. Uh, my dad <laughs> goes up, they ask what we want, fries, is that it, are you sure? Yes, she's pregnant and has cravings. Not true, but thanks dad. And the comment right there, I've always got your back, babe. <laughs> um, I've got your back, I've got your back, I've got your back. And this mantra became ingrained in me of who my dad is. My dad is someone who supports me. My dad is someone who's available to me. My dad is someone who provides for me and helps me. Provides for me and blesses, blesses me and helps me. <laughs> um, and those words, that knowledge, had a direct impact on how I lived my life. Like I said, my dad is a, a pastor, and one of the things that he loves teaching on is healing and how to pray for the sick. Um, and he's done it a lot at my church. I've, I've seen him uh, teach it at many other places. And he has a specific way of teaching that makes it really simple. So he was actually invited to come to the Urbana Vineyard, which Alive is a part of, um, and teach a class on healing, teaching people how to pray for the sick. Um, and so he brought a group from church. Really, I think it was just me and one other person. Um, and is teaching this class. And about halfway through, he takes a 10-minute break walks over to me, says, hey, Shiloa, um, the next section is where we're actually like teaching the praying for the sick section, and I want you to do it. Um, talk about outside of my comfort zone. I'm pretty sure my reaction was like, what? What, what? <laughs> like, me? Like, are you sure? I don't know about that. Um, but I said that I would do it. I said that I would do it not because I had any confidence in myself, because in reality, I had like slim to no confidence in myself. But what I did have was confidence in my dad. I had confidence not only in his trust in me to do it, but that if I said anything that was unclear, if I made any mistakes, said anything that was just flat out wrong, that he would come up, probably put an arm around me, and clarify or, or correct anything that I had said as a mistake. And more than confidence in myself, I had confidence in my dad's ability to step in and help me. And if that is us, if that's my earthly father, how much more does our father in heaven do the same thing? And that's why perfect love casts out all fear. Because when I go to step out of my comfort zone, to step out into the waters of the unknown, I know that I'm not going alone. I know that I'm not going based solely on what I have to offer. But I have the king who created the heavens and the earth, who 
it's the verse up there. Um, who healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the leper and lepers, and cast out demons. And he is the one looking me in my eye, saying, I've got your back. And when you, all of these things that are unseen, the unseen uh, circumstances, the problems that arise, the hurt that might come up, I already have you know, truth for you. I already have hope for you. I already have promises for you. And you and I aren't going to do this. You don't have to do this alone. I'm walking with you. you know, and if you stay connected with me, we can go and impact the world. And Jesus did the same thing um, in John 5:19. so the chapter that we were in, but a little bit later. The verse is, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. And if Jesus won't or can't do anything without staying connected to the father, how much more do we also need that connection? Now, <laughs> um, and the same way that in verse 9, Jesus said, Jesus empowered the man to get up and to go after healing him. He empowers us, saying, hey, you've got this, and I've got your back. You know, we end each time with uh, specific action steps to, to send you into the week with. So I'm inviting Cassie back up, and we're going to share those with you together. Yay. <laughs> go show the love. Okay. So the first of which is that if you don't know who this Jesus person is that we're talking about, or you just, you have this yearning in your heart and you're like, hey, I want to be a part of this family, we have leaders in the back that you can pray with and who want to pray with you so bad, or we will have the leaders in the back. There's nobody standing back there right now, but there will be. And so we invite you to go back for that. Yeah. And the second one is just what I was talking about. Figure out where your comfort zone is and how you can step out of it. You know, and it can be really small. It can be, you know, encouraging somebody, standing up for a friend that your friends are making fun of, um, praying for somebody. Any of these things are small steps that you can take to step outside of your comfort zone. Um, I was giving this teaching to a friend, and she's like, this is the perfect opportunity to add in a testimony. <laughs> um, so I'm going to share one um, just a really simple one from my life. And if you've ever taken an art class, um, you probably know that there is a lot of outside work. Um, and most of the time, they'll give you a specific room to do it in, uh, just having those resources available for you. Um, so this, in this example, I was uh, just working, doing one of my projects in one of those rooms. And there was a girl in there also working. Um, and she, I think she was in one of my classes, but we didn't really talk before before this, but she was on the phone with a friend, seeming extremely stressed out, um, just talking about how much she had going on, how she felt completely overwhelmed, um, and all this stuff. And, and so when she hung up, and when I got up my courage, um, I asked if I could pray for her. And she said, yeah, and it was a really simple prayer, praying for peace, praying that she would just have the ability to focus as she was able, or so that she could complete these projects. Um, and she, you know, thanked me. I think she came to church a couple times, but I wasn't the one who invited her. Maybe I should have. Um, but just the point saying, I think some of the stories that we've, we've shared have been like the big life-changing moments. Um, and that's really not our job. Our job is to take the small step. Our job is to love the people around us. And the impact will come maybe when we're talking to them, maybe 10 people down 
when is when they have that big moment. But um, I just put my notes away. There's a great verse. <laughs> um, John 13, 35 says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So I just encourage you to, to figure out a way that works in your daily life to love the people around you. And don't let fear hold you back from making a difference in someone's life. And then our third is just a question for you. And we want you to think on this over the week and put it into action. Like, I wanted this message to be a call to action. So if you don't feel that right now, <laughs> feel it right now. <laughs> Do the things. <laughs> but will you let yourself go, and will you love like Jesus? Yeah, Lord, worship team, you can come up. We just thank you, Lord, for tonight. Lord, that in every situation you have our back that you are faithful. Lord, we just thank you that we can be connected with you. Where you go, we go. <laughs> Lord, that, <laughs> oh man, we just thank you that you're so good, <laughs> that you give us new opportunities every day to show the people around us how you, how you love. <laughs> In your name we pray, amen.
what you say, I say, God. What do you pray, I pray. What do you pray, I pray. Where you go, I go. What you say, I say, God. What do you pray, I pray. What do you pray, I pray. Jesus, Let's go further than we've ever 
I just feel like right now, like the Lord is saying, are you really willing to go where I say to go? Are you really willing to pray what I say to pray? Are you really willing to leave the things that you know are destroying your life, to go into uncomfortable situations, to be the voice of truth, to be the voice of hope, to stop saying the words or doing the things that you know are destroying your life? Are you really willing to say what Jesus said and to go where Jesus went? Are you really willing to lose your life so that he can save it? And Father, this is a scary prayer. It's a scary prayer for me. It's a scary prayer for us. But I believe this family is about warriors. We're done playing the game. We're done just going to church. We want to be the men and the women, the warriors that you called us to be. We say we're done with what this world gives us, God, and we want what you give us. But are we willing to take the hard road? Are we willing to do the uncommon thing? Are we really willing to go where you said to go and say what you said to say? So Jesus, we humbly ask for your help because we cannot do this alone. But we say, help us, God, and let us be people who go where you say to go. So, guys, I just ask you, if you really mean this, as we sing this song again, I ask you to close your eyes and make a declaration to Jesus and say, God, help me be a man, help me be a woman that will go to the hard places, that will do the hard things, that will take the uncommon path to follow your path. game guys it's a war are you willing to be the man and the woman the warrior that God called you to be
Yeah, guys, I just want to invite you again. If, if you're done going after what this world tells you, if you want to change, if you want to be the man, the woman that God created you to be, if you're saying, I'm done with what this world says, Jesus says in Luke 9, 24, for anyone who's willing to lose his life will save it. And it's a battle cry. It's a call. Are you willing to trust him? Are you willing to let go of the things that you've been doing, that people have been putting in your path, that you know are, are holding you back? Like we always say, you've been born for such a time as this. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you are alive right now in this room tonight for such a time as this because God has a purpose and a plan for your life? If there's something in your heart that's beating, if you're saying, I'm done, I'm going after what God has, come back, let us pray for you. Let us join hearts, brother to brother, sister to sister, because we're right in this with you. Let's go after what God has for us.
darkness and darkness seems to hide his face I'll rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil
I know that some, sometimes some of our churches we go to, it's weird when people raise their hands and we're like, why are we doing that? But actually in scripture it says, lift up holy hands and sing to your Lord most high. And guys, I promise that there is just a freedom when you lift up your hands and you stop caring what the person next to you thinks. And like only if you're comfortable, but I'm going to push you. And I just say, will you take a risk with me? Will you be willing to be made a fool? Because if you can't do it in here, how are you expected to do it out there? So as I sing this chorus one more time, this song wasn't even planned for tonight. But will you close your eyes? Will you picture the face of Jesus? Will you open your heart and raise your hands to him and say, Lord, all I have is yours. All I have is yours. Sing it to him like you mean it. Sing it to him like he hears it. Because, guys, he's in this room. So I encourage you, will you take a risk?
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God, thank you that you continue to push us out of our comfort zone, God. That you make us uncomfortable, God. And that it's freeing that we feel alive, God. And Father, I pray that as we leave this room tonight, as we go to our classes tomorrow, as we hang out with our friends, as we go to our sports teams, whatever we do, that we take a little of you with us, God. Because where you go, where we go, you go. And what you say, we say. And we say, God, in this life, in this crazy, crazy life, all that matters is your love. So, Father, I bless my family. And I commission my family. In the name and authority and power of Jesus Christ, to go out into this broken world and to bring light, to bring hope, to bring truth, to bring love. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, I say this all the time, but look into your own eyes and see his eyes and his love and his life living within you. And I thank you, God, that we're alive. And that tomorrow when we wake up, it's the first day of the rest of our lives to live for such a time as this. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, guys, uh, we're going to have some, some music going on through, through the computer, but there's cookies in the back, and they're amazing. Make sure you get some cookies, talk to some people, and thanks for coming out. We'll see you next Tuesday. God bless you guys.